this is Aaron Daniels, the host of Sports Speak Podcast, and um, I, I've got a special one that we're getting ready to embark on this evening. A good friend of mine, his name is Kelly Beck. He is the head cross-country coach at Piedmont High School uh, in Piedmont, Oklahoma, and he is fresh off. And when I mean fresh off, I'm talking maybe two weeks off of um, winning a state championship. And, you know, it's, it's a great experience. Anybody who's ever won a state championship in any sport, uh, particularly at the high school level, can attest to the enjoyment and the fulfillment that comes along with that experience. So we're going to get into that with him here in just a moment, and he's uh, going to also share with us the background, how he started, and uh, you know his whole journey along the way leading up to this most recent milestone, which is him winning a state championship. So you guys tune in. It should be a treat. Sports Speak Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Daniels, and today we got a really, really special guest with us this evening. Uh, this guy is fresh off of winning a state championship. He is the head cross-country coach at Piedmont High School. I got to make his acquaintance about two years ago when I, fought, when I started my first stint as a head coach at Piedmont High School. That'd be back in 2016. One thing I've always admired about this guy is he's in the same mood every day, even if he's not in the same mood. You'd never know the difference. I'm talking about Kelly Beck. Coach Beck, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, doing great. Hey, I'm pretty sure congratulations are in order, but I'm going to give you mine anyway. Congratulations on a memorable run this season. Oh, thank you. It was uh, it was quite a journey, and we uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Well, good deal. Since I know that's probably uh, the, the, the milestone that's most present in your mind, we'll, we'll go ahead and start there and work our way backwards. How was this whole journey from from the summertime when you guys are preparing for the season that's coming up um, throughout the throughout the season before you got up until the uh, up to the playoffs uh, or, or the postseason whatever the terminology is in your world and how were you able to get the troops together and then keep them together throughout well it actually probably started last fall we got uh we came within five points of the state title last year mm-hmm. uh the the guys just i mean it stuck in their crawl it stuck in mine and uh we just kind of used it as motivation uh and we started summer workouts and those guys um we always had good buy-in usually from you know the top guys but everybody was there uh hardly anybody missed a missed a summer workout um they worked their tails off and they just i mean that was their driving goal we've got you know five points five points we kept talking about so um so we just kind of, you know, worked from there, got into the season. We thought we had a really, really good team. Um, we had three fantastic senior leaders, um, Blake Cope, uh, Jaden Barker, and Paul Welch, um, who all medaled state last year, and they just kind of uh, set the tone for everybody else. I mean, you've coached, so you know, when your best players are your hardest workers, it makes things very easy. Absolutely. And that, that's, a, that's a huge deal because a lot of times, whether those guys and girls are ready to step up and embrace that role as a leader, when they are one of the most gifted, if not the most gifted, they're kind of thrust in that position by hook or by crook. And um, But one thing I do know is that all of these guys are still kids. So were there some moments that you can think back to during the process where you, you had to remind them about what that last year's feeling was like just to get them back refocused? Um, not so much refocus. Some of the younger guys. Yeah. Uh, not those top three guys. Um, mm-hmm. they were pretty, pretty driven all along, but yeah, you just kind of have to every now and then you just have to, you know, remind them of what, you know, what happened last year and then, you know, what we're looking forward to this year. And, 
just kept, you know, try not to beat it to death, but let them know that it was important, that this is something that, you know, this was a chance to make history. You know, uh, no boys team at Piedmont has ever won a state title. So that kind of became something they could rally around. As Man, well, look at you, not knocking down barriers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good deal, good deal. Now, here's another thing I want to throw at you, and uh, I actually talked about this with with uh, Coach Eric Ford a lot. I look at, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I look at wrestling and I look at cross country similar from the standpoint of your day to day workouts or practices or regimens could could be could could seemingly get mundane sometimes, and um, I'm not sure about all the nuances that go into the process of preparing mm-hmm. to be competitive as far as cross country goes. But um, can you speak to some of the things that you were able to do as a coach to, to kind of keep the, the grind innovative, to keep everybody dialed in instead of getting uh, getting distracted or bored with the process? Right. You just kind of have you just have to keep it light, uh, especially like you said, it can get mundane, you know, um, usually like early season, it's we'll do two hard workouts a day. And those are easy to keep the kids focused on because they're interval work. You get to see them a lot, but then, you know, three days a week. And as you get later in the season, it can go to four days a week where it's just, Hey, go run eight miles, go run five miles. And to keep them focused on that, just kind of keep it light, you know, let them know, you know, that there's fun to be had in it. And, um, you know, the good thing about those days is they can kind of run together where they can talk and keep, keep things up loose that way as well sure sure how much do the weather conditions play a play a part in in what you all are going to do from day to day and I, I asked that because i can remember one of my days at piedmont i'm looking out the window when it was when it was cold and the wind was whistling at us and everybody's inside except for the cross-country group <laughs> <laughs> that's basically it i mean if it's as long as there's no lightning we're going to be outside running um you know or if it drops to 20 degrees or 10 degrees which you know we don't have to worry about in september and october but yeah you just just have to go with it and 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 actually they can they enjoy running in the rain as long as it's not like really cold or a torrential downpour they can kind of find some joy in running in the rain it cools it off you can have some fun with the mud and all that (laughs) so yeah you know kind of a way to change things up a little bit too sure 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 so they're still working on things and being productive but you tricked them because they're having so much fun they don't even think about it right exactly i was working with mother nature to get that done that's what i'm talking about hey now i know i saw you a couple of times get out there uh and, and hit that rewind button and actually mix it up with those guys how often are you able to do that yourself and and secondly how important is it to you for them to see you getting out there and getting in the trenches with them every now and again uh, I don't do it a, a whole lot. Um, just don't have the, uh, the knees aren't real great. And, I get it. Um, but I will get out, you know, I, I don't usually run, but while they're, um, running, you know, we're usually on a kind of a, a sort of enclosed area. I mean, we were out on like 14 acres, but you know, I walk around the whole time, just kind of let them know I'm there. You know, if they need anything, they know I'm there, uh, you know, not not so much those motivated kids, but there are some of those unmotivated kids you kind of got to keep your eye on a little bit. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, they know I'm out there. And so hopefully they can take some, you know, some kind of motivation in that. Absolutely. And obviously you found you found something that, that, that works. So I definitely I definitely yeah. can <laughs> admire you sticking to it. Now, here's here's another thing that I've always wondered about when it comes to 
when it comes to strength training, I'm not sure how prevalent that is in you all's process. Um, what, what, what does is there any strength training that goes that goes into uh, cross country? No, not so much cross country. We do in track, um, cross country. We don't do a lot of strength training. We do um, a lot of ab workouts. Um, the core is just so important in running. It's a you know it keeps them stable. It prevents injuries. So we work more on that. I know. A couple of the guys do a little strength training on their own, but as far as a team, we don't do a whole lot. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of it for distance running, sure. but you know everybody kind of has their own thing. I got you. I got you. Is, is there a part? Is there a part of um, having, I guess, too much too much uh, body mass in your estimation that yes. could serve it? Okay. Yes, it can. Yes, it, it can. It can. It can uh, hurt you if you have way too much. So, like I said the the any weight work we do, even in the you know, for the sprinters in track, it's one thing, but for the distance guys, we just, we don't do a lot of it. Minimal weight if we do and um, lower repetitions. I love it. I love it. Now I would think, and this, this is me being, being naive. I would think um, the, the, the more, the more weight you're bearing could, could, uh, could slow you down in terms of, in terms of your pace, but is it, is it more of an impediment to your wind as well? It can be. Yeah. It can be both. Um, you know, too much muscle mass, you lose a lot of that flexibility that you have. Um, you know, that's why you look at, you know, most cross country runners, they're long, lean. Um, so it's just a different kind of running than, you know, somebody who runs a hundred, 200, 400. Oh yeah. That's a, that's, that's a major key right there, coach. Mm -hmm. Here's something else that, that I know me, um, being a teenager and even being an adult now, Man, listen, I feel like as long as I'm awake, I'm always thinking about what I'm going to eat, coach. But I, I have to know, uh, just looking at it from a common sense standpoint, your intake, as far as what you consume, can affect your athletic performance. So what what would a balanced uh, a balanced diet or a healthy diet look like for a cross-country runner? Well, it's kind of kind of on, you know, each kid. Um, some of the guys are more serious about it than others. Um, you know, plenty of, you know – Plenty of protein, plenty of carbs, um, stay off the sugar, stay off the soda, um, you know, get your, get your energy from your carbohydrates mostly, you know, don't, you know, you know, I really like to see the guys eat healthy, you know, things like vegetables, um, stay away from the bad granola bars, maybe stay towards things like cliff bars, water, 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 you know, can't drink too much water, um, so, you know, as teenagers, it's kind of a thing where you just, you know, you just hope they're doing the right things. Um, once they, you know, if they decide they want to go into college, um, they're a little more re uh, strict and regimented with it, you know. But again, I've got, you know, like, say, Blake, um, kid is very picky about what he puts in his body. Um, and that just kind of goes to the self-motivating, you know, that he's got. Um, to keep himself in tip-top shape, so that's a beautiful thing, right there, Coach. Because yeah. I, I, I think you just magnify, you know, the so, sort of that balance between, you know, uh, the the demands of being a competitive athlete, but also allowing them the space to 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 be kids and sort yep. of make their own decisions to some degree too. Yeah, they, and, and you got to, you can't just, you know, at that age, you just can't push them too hard because then you're going to get pushback. You know, they're still kids, so. But when they find it on their own, it's always a beautiful thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah, and that's that's what I loved about these guys is they – I mean, 
when you're doing cross country, because it's not, you know, say basketball or wrestling or football where there's a coach, you know, every time you turn around, there's a coach standing there. Right. right. So these guys have to do all the right things on their own. You know, when you go out to run five miles and you have a pace, you got to hit, you know, I'm not standing there with a whip and, a, and yelling at you, you know, you got to, you got to do that on your own. And that's, um, I think what really impresses me about, um, the top notch kids I have on my team that they, I mean, they really have that. So, Oh man. And yeah, I'm glad you mentioned, uh, something, something about a, a pace that you have to hit. I mean, is that determined strictly by, um, a, a number, a number that you, that you missed previously or a number that you have to get to in order to, in order to uh, qualify yourself in a certain, in a certain domain? Or how yeah, we out? have, yeah, we like, what we base everything off of mostly is, is their 5k time. Cause that's a race. So 3.1 okay. miles. So you base off basically what their, their personal record is. Um, and then you have different variances of how you want to run. So, you know, a couple of days a week are going to be easy runs. So that's, that's a, you know, a light pace, we call it conversational pace. And that's going to depend on how, you know, how fast your 5k time is, how fast that is. And then when you go into interval work, it'll break down. So, you know, if you run this much at a 5k, your 800 pace needs to be here. Um, when we do 800s or do we do a thousands or mile repeats? So it's, it's based off of times. And then it's also kind of easy run, hard run, um, tempo pace, um, uh, lactate threshold pace, however you want to do that, you know, depend on the workout you're doing is based off their PR. So Okay, now that, that makes a whole lot of sense. Now you just connected a few dots for me right there, Coach. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Now, um, I've always wondered what what does an off season look like for for a cross country program? Or do the majority of your athletes transition uh to track in the spring? Most of them transition to track. We have we've had a few um wrestlers. We've had um I got uh one of my best um girl this year was is a basketball player. So she, you know, she goes into basketball. Um, some of them go into swimming, um, but yeah, for the most part, most of them jump right into track. So once the season's over, we usually take just two weeks off where we do nothing, just no running, just relax, and then we'll get back into, you know, pick up just kind of light, and then work your way, you know, back into track season. At the end of track season, kind of the same thing. Take a couple weeks off, and then we'll get back into it usually go, you know, middle of June or so. And mostly through the summer, it's mostly just kind of mileage based. You just put in the miles because that's what helps you later in the season. Um, and then as you get, you know, into the season, you'll go, um, you'll go longer workouts with a shorter rest on say our interval work. And then towards the end of the season, you're going to go shorter distances with longer rest. I don't know if that makes mm. sense, but it does. It yeah. Does. So I get that. So they don't, you know, you don't ever want to take a whole lot of time off, you know, between running, but you know, at the end of the seasons, they've worked really hard. They've got to have at least a couple weeks off. So if mentally more than anything, else, mentally, right? yeah, just, yeah, mentally. And so, so like, I've got three guys that are still training. They're going down to um, the uh, Nike cross regionals down in uh, the woodlands on Saturday. So they'll do that. Um, you know, if they, if any of them happens to make it, they would go to nationals. If not, then when they're done Saturday, they'll take a couple weeks off. And so, yeah.
We did. So I'm guessing as a whole, uh, is the is the cross country program still on that hiatus right now, or has that two week break? Yeah, we still got all? we still got you know most everybody like I said the ones that moved on to other sports did that. The ones who are still with me, you know, that aren't still training, they're they're on their two week hiatus, and we'll probably actually extend that out. They'll probably go out and run on their own a little bit, and we'll start back into track once we get back from Thanksgiving break. So. Awesome, awesome. Now, break down the differences, uh, if you can, between uh, running cross-country and running track. Um, the distance is the major one. Um, it's mm-hmm. more of a, especially, you know, the mile uh, in the 800, which some of my guys do, is, is a fast race. I mean, you used to think of, you know, the 800 and the mile as distance races, and they're really not anymore. They're pretty speed oriented races so the training's a little bit different you still got to get the mileage in um because we kind of train them to do the mile and the two mile um but yeah and then there's i just think um it's a little more not so structured in cross country as it is in track you know you go to track you have an event and then you sit around and wait you know cross country you just go out you run your race and you're done um so and I, and I, and I, I enjoy cross country, uh, more than I do track, um, just kind of that for that reason. So. Sure. Sure. Well, Amy, you got, you got to know where you That's right. <laughs> now I got one more question re- regarding you as a coach before we talk about your journey, okay. but, um, wh- what would, uh, what would, let's say for, for the sake of a scenario, you have an athlete who, says to you coach i want to go and run at the college mm-hmm. level but maybe this particular maybe this particular kid is not hadn't been very sought after up to okay. that point and now you're now your season is over all right and i can remember um being being in some spots as a basketball coach where um in the spring you had a lot of universities having sort of some open mm-hmm. run uh, sort of like a tryout so you could go out there and sort of sell yourself is there such an outlet for a cross-country athlete in that in that same boat uh, a little bit most most kids that go to run at the college level are going to do both cross country and track. So they basically have right. kind of have the track season to kind of get, if they get missed in the cross country season, they have the track season to get those, um, get people to notice them that way as well. Um, so it's kind of like a continuous season. They don't have, you know, like, um, one of my runners is signing with OCU, uh, Oklahoma city university. So he goes out after and he, he spends a day working out with them, you know, visits the campus. Um, and that's very the best way, um, is they just get out, get to know the coach, go kind of run with the team, kind of see how they fit in, if they like it. Um, that's the way it's been. So, and this is really that's the first time man. I've had, um, anybody that's, been sought after by colleges and so i've had all three of the seniors are kind of getting noticed from a lot of the schools in the state area so um, hopefully that plays out well for them and look at you coach put put putting uh putting good players out there yeah we man. did you yeah, know we they did. say good athletes make good coaches right yeah that's what they say i'm, I'm hoping some of these guys <laughs> go into it um you know absolutely yeah you we got to be able to pay it exactly forward. Now, listen, let's talk about Coach Beck. Now, I know you're a very selfless guy, but I feel like yourself is the easiest person to talk about. So 
Um, where, 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 when did your athletic career start? I, I'm, I'm gonna pretty much assume that you've got a lot of running in your background when you were uh, an athlete. When did that? When did your journey get started? As an oh, athlete? I, I mean, I always loved running, um, and but we never really had. Uh, we had middle school track, but we didn't have middle school cross country when I was in school. Um, gotcha. And then I, you know, just got into running cross country in high school. I loved it. Uh, ran a couple years of track wasn't really my thing. Um, and then just, you know, after I got out of high school, I just kind of let it go. And I don't know why, cause I loved running. I just, just kind of gave it up. So, um, after, uh, high school, I went to work for, um, company my dad had worked for, uh, moved from Nebraska to, um, Louisville, Kentucky and yeah, wow. lived there for a while. Um, and then got an opportunity to move out to Oklahoma to manage a facility over in El Reno and got out here. We were here about a year and a half and uh, upper management showed up one day and said, Hey, we, we don't need your services anymore. And <laughs> so we were just kind of, wow, now talk about reality yeah, smacking in. Right. Face. So we're out in Oklahoma. We don't, you know, we don't have any really family out here. So I just, you know, it, we didn't know what we were going to do. And I told my wife, I said, I've always wanted to be a teacher. And so I went um, back to school, finished up a bachelor's, got my master's. And first place I applied was Piedmont High School, and I got the job. Uh, first year there, I worked as a football assistant. And then um, the cross-country coach left, and I just threw my name in the hat and said, you know, this is something I think I'd like to do. And, you know, I never even thought about being a coach. And now I can't imagine life not being a coach. It's uh, really it's <laughs> one of the most – just you know not and not just the winning you know set a couple saturdays ago was fantastic but just you know you know it, you're there seeing the kids grow um seeing the joy on their faces um you know before it becomes serious and a business it's you know it's kind of the pureness of the sport and so it's it's just just it's great i love it Oh, yeah, it surely is. Anytime we get to pour into these young people and then watch them take some of what we give them and, you know, watch it fester and then they spread their wings and leave the nest, it's a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. Fantastic. Now, it, it sounds like you, you had so two or three big-time milestones in one year, okay? You, you, you finished schooling, you got hired uh, as an assistant coach, and then it looks like you ended up um, taking the reins as a head coach all in one school year. Yeah, Did basically. Right? Yeah, it was uh, – I worked, you know, football in the fall – come that spring I put my name in and and they gave me the job and yeah so it was all within I mean I started like they hired me like two weeks before school started and by the next year I was you know in 10 9 10 months I was the head cross-country coach so I think they just kind of um, took a chance on me and you know hopefully they're happy with the results oh yeah man hey kind of hard to argue them at this yeah, point yeah <laughs> Now, can you think of some things um, as an assistant in the role of an assistant coach that were that were useful to you once you got to sit in the driver's seat as a head coach? Because I believe, you know, once you once you followed, especially when you when you had great leadership above you, um, it, it just grooms you in such a way to where you're really good once you start to lead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I learned a lot from um, some of those guys. And, you, you know, I mean, you know, Coach Bill, you um, coach Ghost, yes, and uh, just fantastic Absolutely. guys. You see the way that they treat kids. And, and that, you know, that rubs off on you. And then, you know, I, the first year I was, um, you know, the head coach kind of trying to learn my way. But then I spent 
that spring with coach Brucker as his assistant on the um, girls soccer side. And I, yes, I learned so much from that guy. Uh, he, he knows how to handle athletes. He, he treats them well. He's a, he's got a winning mentality. So um, it's just, I learned a lot from him about being a head coach. So, and, oh, and yeah. then we kind of switched, you know, and then now we then spent a couple of years as his assistant. He's been my assistant for three years now. So, you know, I've learned a lot from him. Hopefully maybe he's got a few things for me, you know, but uh, you know, it's, I, I would consider him probably, you know, my, my, my coaching mentor. Man, that, that, that's big time stuff. And I, of course I know all those guys who you just mm-hmm. named, but I probably got to know Brucker the most because we were neighboring right, teachers are. in my first year. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we all, we, we probably spent more time in the hallways, uh, you know, in between classes. I'm just soaking up game from yeah. him. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, he knows his stuff. He's a, he's a good guy. So. Very, very genuine dude. And um, and here, here's another big thing that, that I'm constantly learning. Anytime I think I've got it mastered, I always get reminded uh, uh, that I don't quite have it all figured out when it comes to um, the classroom as an instructor versus in the gym or, or when I'm in coach mode as an instructor. Um, right. Are, are there some things that you can think of that you that you take from your classroom and you incorporate them into coaching that you you, you may not have linked those two together once upon a time before now? Oh, I to me it's the biggest thing that is just the relationships you know get get to know them as people you know if if you get to know them as people if they see that you care and it works in the classroom and you know on the course in the gym wherever they're going to trust you they're going to respect you they're going to you know base the old average run through a wall for you you know yes just just let them know that you care about them as people and that's you know, and, and that and, and it has to be genuine. It can't be fake. You know, to me, you can't just throw out, you know, empty platitudes and, and expect them to stick. It's got to be a genuine look. You know, I care about you. I want what's best for you. And if they know that you're you're for real, they're going to buy in and you're going to get way more out of them than any other way. So. Now that, that you're right. Their BS meters are, are way up. They can tell when you don't mean it. They're looking for it. So you're, you're right. Now, is, is that approach, does that approach change at all whenever you're dealing with, uh, let's say, a student of yours who um, isn't one of your athletes? Or, or maybe, maybe let's say the kid isn't an athlete at all. Is there a different type of approach that you have to take or is it pretty much the same as you? I think, you it, I think it's pretty much the same, you know, just, you know, let them know you care. And, you know, and then in the classroom, as you know, you got to make it interesting. You can't yeah. just, you know, and so if you get them engaged, um, it's kind of the same thing, right? They know mm-hmm. that you love what you're doing and they know that you care about them. And that that's 80% of the battle, you know, the rest of the stuff will work itself out from there. So, I mean, anyway, that's, that's the way I feel about it. So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's a, that's a nice gem right there. Listeners that you just dropped. Were you alternate alternatively certified as well? Yes, sir. I was. Yeah, I see, was. And that's, you know, we don't have that formal, four-year training in college so you have to get them with what your strengths are and that's you know uh, you know I saw that in you in the classroom as well as you know I think that's one of my strengths just let them you know show them you genuine you care and you're you're well on your way to doing other things so I definitely I definitely appreciate that pat on the back right there yeah I always try to pattern off of good people and I had some great models around me and you were definitely close to me just like coach Brucker was right down the well hall. thank you thank you <laughs> 
Now, you've been more than gracious with your time, Coach, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to turn you loose after this last one okay. I'm going to throw at you right here. All right. Um, you, you're a family man. You spoke on yes. the fact that you're married, and you have four children, correct? Five. Five. Look at you. Yes. All right, whole starting five right there. <laughs> well, look here. <laughs> I, I, I happen to think that anybody who is, uh, who is um, better than average at what they do for a living – I think to some degree, they're going to take some of those things home with them, right? It's, yes. like, it, it's hard to walk out of that classroom or walk off of that field or off of that court and immediately flip the switch to off and don't even think about the process anymore. Right. But, and me, I don't, I'm not married and I don't have any children, so I'm going to lean on your expertise on this one. What do you do um, to sort of maintain your sanity or, or keep that balance um, whenever, whenever you – so you can be productive as a husband and as a father and also – uh, productive as a as a teacher and as a coach how do you not let those two worlds collide in an unproductive way yeah it's and it's 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 hard you know because you get you get to work you're around kids all day long you you know then you go to practice for a few hours and you, you come dragging in and it's like you just kind of want to go in your room and sit down and you know there's times you do that but you just got to keep you know keep engaged with what your kids are doing you know we have five, so there's always something going on. So that kind of keeps you, you know, keeps me active anyway in their lives and, and just, you know, make sure you spend time with them. You know, it's, it's, it, like I said, it gets hard to do, but you know, it's, it's, you know, there's no, you know, as much joy as you get from teaching and coaching, it, it doesn't touch the joy of fatherhood. I mean, and, and you'll find that out, you know, it's just a, you know, that's, so that's, that's a big time so. thing right there, coach. Okay, for those of y'all who listening who who are in that same boat, you gotta 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 keep that balance one way or another. Yep, you have to. All right. Well, coach man, congratulations once again on, on a job well hey, done thank this you, season. Sir. Uh hopefully I can thank cross you. paths with you soon. It's been far too long. Yeah. And when's the banquet? Yes, coach? definitely. And hey, good luck to you um this season. Yes, for sure, for sure. Coach, when's the okay. banquet, man? We had it last night, actually. Oh, okay, okay. Did, did it go well? Did did you keep it dry? You didn't cry on the mic, did you? Uh, I, I cried a couple of times, there you, go. Um, you know, there's some of those, you know, that you get that fourth year with these kids and it's just kind of, you know, it's hard to let them go and what they've meant to this, you know, to me personally and the program. Yeah. It's kind of hard to keep it, keep it, keep it dry. I, I, to- <laughs> so, I totally understand it. Well, yeah. salute to you. Salute to them. You sent them off in style coach. Yes, thank well, you. Well, folks sir. listening out there, we appreciate you guys. And uh, this is going to drop in about 10 social media outlets. And it's been another episode of Sports Speak Podcast. And we're out.